Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Abby, also known as Stacey Mormon on the forums, and welcome to the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes podcast. Um, I'm joined today by... This is Adamus, also known as Drowned Snow on the forums. That was weird, man. <laughs> Hi, this is Glenn Dacostrippers from the forums. This is Katie Lady Griffin on the forums. This is Kevin. Don't call Kevin on the forums. This is Brett, White Raven on the forums. This is Zach, alias on the forums. Um, and before we begin, this podcast will contain spoilers for all works in the Hunger Games series, including the movies. So, yeah, is everybody ready to begin? Because we will. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I, I will just say that you'll be surprised when you when you're editing. It's like everything you can just get rid of all of that. Everything's perfect. yeah. No, I've I've edited. Beginning yeah. always is the worst. Yeah, I'd keep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before we like talk about the prequel, I just thought we could um, just talk about like when we last visited this series because I think it's been like ten years or something since the last book was released, and like five or six years since the last movie came out, and also just um, like how old were you when you got into this series? Just because it is a uh, young adult fiction, so I think that might be interesting. Um, I guess I'll start because yeah. So um, I usually reread Catching Fire every couple of years because I really like it for some reason and I own it and whatever. And um, I'm reading the books again in French right now, actually. So it's been very recent since I last visited this series. Um, and I was 11 when I first read the books. Um, I read them three years after they came out because I was nine when they came out because I'm a baby. <laughs> you said you own it. Do you not own the rest? Um, yeah, so I only own a physical copy. Well, now I own them in French. But yeah, I only owned Catching Fire. And then I like would just get the other ones from the library. I mean, that's a weird brag, but cool. No, you it's because it. <laughs> I mean, the where I work, they have like a one of those like take a book, leave a book, and someone like had Catching Fire, and I was like, I mean, I'll just take it. Like it's my favorite one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I I never left a book. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Now there's evidence. You better edit that out. You're in <laughs> trouble. Find you. Be a pariah. Well, you know, I guess I'm here. Um, I got into Hunger Games or read them initially, I guess maybe like 2013 or 14, somewhere in there. Um, was dating a girl that really liked young adult fiction, and she just kind of conned me into reading them because she was, and I enjoyed them fine. I like the, the world well enough, but I was around 25 at the time. Cool. I guess. Like that. How many years ago was that, Kevin? Uh, 2014, 13, <laughs> something. Okay. I don't know. I'm 31 now, so. And is that like the last time you revisited the series or like? You know, I reread them maybe a couple of years later, but maybe. Were you still together know. or were you the new person? Well, I, well, not with the new person, but, but, um, no, we were not together at that point. Oh, do you want to have it from like a fresh point of view without her around? Yeah, I didn't want to, you know, associate Katniss with her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go next. I first read these when I was in, I think, a senior in college. Um, I haven't reread them in, since then, uh, 
But I watched the movies for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago. And really, I think I enjoyed those movies better than the books, almost. I found them very digestible. My brain was off the entire time. Um, they're just, yeah, they were fun. I wasn't expect. I, I was actually not thinking that I would enjoy them, but they were surprisingly entertaining blockbusters, especially Catching Fire. I think that was the best one. Yeah, I remember seeing um, Mockingjay Part 2 in theaters. I was on a date, and my date had broken his back, so he had, like, a, a like a thing, and he was just, like, like unvelcroed it like halfway through the movie and it was the most embarrassing thing in my life because it was so loud. <laughs> yeah, but you and have the like, best Ooh. stories always. <laughs> How old was your date that he had a broken back? Um, he was a senior in high school. He fell off a mountain <laughs> while he was um like rock climbing or something. Did he fall off a mountain or fall down a mountain? Fall down a mountain, yeah. His friends baked him a cake that said, sorry about your back. <laughs> <laughs> Katniss, we have to sneak through this part of the city. Yeah. He's fine now. He's fine now, but um <laughs> oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. I haven't talked to him in a few years, but <laughs> um so for me, I I honestly can't remember the first time I read these books. Um I think it was probably like 2010 because I know I read them before the movies were out, but I, I don't think right when they were published, um or, or at least when the um the first one was published. So I I really loved these books when I read them back then. I must have been like what like fifteen, fourteen, fifteen when I read it. Um, and it was in the wheelhouse. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, they they quickly became like one of my favorite pieces of like this kind of like young adult fiction. And I've probably read them six or seven times since then, uh, including I read all of them a couple weeks ago before this new book was coming out. So yeah, I I really like them a lot, especially the first book. So. That's where I'm coming from. Well, it was back in 2010 that I read them. I had just finished um, a work placement and it was maybe a few months before I was going back to my final year at university. So I was 21 at the time. Um, and, you know, tons of times so I was watching a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I watched this series on YouTube called Alex Reads Twilight. So a blogger that read um, each chapter of Twilight and talked about it, but also mocked it. No offense to anyone that's read Twilight, but I've never read them myself. But um, you have horrible taste, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so during, like, midway between, it was probably like um, the tenth chapter, somewhere in the middle um, of Twilight. He did a Q and A session for people listening and. He was like, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions, right? Alex, you're saying this this book is horrible. What should we be reading? What would you recommend? And one of the books was The Hunger Games. So that, you know, I went away and read into it, what it was all about, and thought, oh, that actually sounds really good. Um, so went into um, Glasgow one day, went to Waterstones to buy it, um, read it in maybe two days, loved it. Um, since then, I've read it about eight times, so really, really enjoy it. Really find it rereadable. Um, and when I read this, uh, the first book, um, I think it was maybe a few days later. I thought, I wonder if I was reading that it's a trilogy. The third book had not been released yet, but the second book was out, and I thought, hmm, instead of buying it, I wonder if it's in the library. So when got it. 
read that. And then it was maybe the, the next week Mockingjay was released. So I went to buy that and read that. Um, and I've read all the books multiple times, um, watched watched the movies, all the movies in the cinema, have them all on DVD. So I really love the series. Right before the first movie came out, a friend of mine told me I should read the books. So I read the first one, thought it was really good. Read the second two. I didn't think they were quite as good, but I haven't read them since. I watched all the movies. They're they're okay. And that's my story. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of the same for me. Um, I mean, I saw like the movies were getting made, and they were like, "This is going to be the next Harry Potter," because like everything was the next Harry Potter at the time. And so I was like, "Well, let me let me you know check these books out." So I did the the audio books while I was at work, and I was like, "Okay, I dig these." I watched the movies in the theater, and then. Um, I didn't even realize that this book was coming out until you guys had mentioned that you were reading it. But uh, I got them, I think I got the DVDs or the like digital movies maybe like a month ago and was watching through them. So I finished watching um, Mockingjay like last week. But I hadn't watched them since the theater. Yeah, I also didn't realize this book was coming out until someone mentioned it on another call I was on, so... I feel like there was not a lot of that talk about me. it. Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of <laughs> like a secret. This book was a secret, I guess. There's a lot going on this year. Audible forced it upon me. It was like, hey, look, you should read this. I was like, all right. All right. So um, Suzanne Collins doesn't work her way into my Twitter timeline like other, like other authors seem to find a way and- to do. Well, looking at the the publishing order, too, for some reason I thought Mockingjay wasn't finished when they started the movies, but I guess they were all finished. So, hmm. Yeah, I read them all yeah, before the first movie came before. out. Yeah, I think I read yeah. them all before the first movie came out, too. Or, like, I think I... I definitely read Horror Games and Catching Fire before the first movie came out. But I was yeah. really young when I read Mockingjay because I did not understand what was going on when I was reading Mockingjay. I was like, how, how is this a war? And then I like reread it a couple years later. And I, mean, I, like, I still oh. don't really understand what's going on in that book. Yeah, there are definitely issues there. Yeah. But like, also, I think I was like 12. So I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I think we can move on to um, everyone's just like a general rating on the prequel. I guess we can do it out of Mockingjay's. Sure. Um, I think I gave it four out of five stars on Goodreads, so I don't remember, but I, I really enjoyed this book. Um, it was a really easy read, which I love YA because it's just you can just read it <laughs> and not have to think super hard. So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it four mocking J's out of five. Okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> so I really did not like this book very much. Um, and... It's tricky, I guess, because, of course, like I say, like when I read the Hunger Games novels, I was much younger. And maybe the way that I read books is a little bit different now. But I just reread those. And, of course, nostalgia is playing a part, but I still love those. And I still really think they're really good stories. And for me, like the original Hunger Games, I think, is actually a very well-constructed story where, at least for like the three, the first like three-fourths of it, like it really is a page-turner in a way where like, new tensions and new stakes and new information are getting revealed in a really fun way chap within each chapter like every single chapter in that book i think advances something interesting and i i really didn't feel that 
with this. I felt like this was really poorly paced and I just didn't understand most of the characters and the way that they were acting and the things they wanted. And it just was, that was very much a sticking point for how much I was enjoying it. But, you know, it wasn't like awful and there was, there was good stuff in there and it was interesting to see the world from this point of view and to see it um, at this point in time. I thought that was a cool idea, but I just didn't, I just didn't get into it very much. So yeah, I'll give it like a, I think like a two and a half or a three um, mocking Jays or what have you. Yeah, I'm going to unfortunately agree with uh, Zach. I think I gave this a, a one on Goodreads. Um, I think this is like a, is a lore book um, to add to the understanding of the world. It's a lot of fun. But I felt, in some ways, I felt like this was a mistake of point of view. Um, Snow is a character. It's, I don't, I don't know, we'll talk about him later. It's, I, I don't know, it's... My my general feeling with this is that I really struggled to get to this book in a way that I never did with any of the Hunger Games books. Um, it felt really unfocused, and I kept like waiting for. I, like I was shocked halfway through when I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to see the entirety of the Hunger Games." That's what this book is about. I <laughs> I thought there was going to be some other plot. Um, yeah, I, I did, like it. It did mean me no harm to read it, but I, again, like I just felt like it was a mistake of point of view and pacing. Well, for me, I was I was a bit disappointed by it. Um, so initially, when I started reading it, it was really uh, I thought the first part of it was the best part. Um, but then, as it kept going on, um, I became less interested in it. And during like the one thing that surprised me is when like before the games have even started, like all these tributes die. And then I was thinking, okay, the capital must do something about that. I was thinking that they would bring in, I don't know, do another reaping or maybe bring in, there would be some twist <laughs> involving that. <laughs> Sorry, your kids died too soon. We got to bring in some more. <laughs> we re- replacements. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to do that too. I was a little surprised never, they did it. <laughs> never happened. Um, but then, you know, as I went through, Uh, The second part of it, I was so confused with all the names and all the names of the tributes and all the names of the mentors, and I couldn't keep track of that. And then the the third part Mm. to it, that was that was interesting to learn, like um, Snow going away to become a peacekeeper in his time in District Twelve, and the but it it still felt like a bit of a drag to me. So I, I guess overall. I mean, it wasn't horrible because there's tons of books that I've started and got through maybe 50 pages and just given up on it and never gone back. So I did finish the book. Um, so, and I, I'm sure it, it's a bit like Mockingjay, how I felt when I read Mockingjay. I was a bit disappointed by that too. So this um, initial read of Mockingjay, I was disappointed. This one, I was disappointed, but I can feel like I would read it again. Um, and read the the series as a whole again. Um, so I guess overall, I would rate it as uh, two point five, mocking Jace. Hmm. I I guess maybe my expectations were were lower or something, especially because I didn't know this was coming. I mean, I give it like a three point five out of five. I mean, it was all right. There's definitely some weird stuff, um, like who is anyone in this book with the names. But I mean, you know, now I'm just mad that uh, they overthrew President Snow because he clearly just wanted to make Panem great again, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> um, 
I, I do think that's the problem with this is like that I, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is Snow and he's like this this evil guy and we want to show that he was kind of normal and like, you know, they kind of mix in little bits where you're like, oh, that's really terrible, like stuff he does. But in the end, it's like, oh, this girl just like betrayed him or what exactly happened there? Like, I was expecting more, um, like more heinous stuff from him than what he did, which was, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll get to that. But overall, yeah, the, you know, some pacing issues. Um, I, I did, like, on the issue of, like, the tributes being killed off, I did kind of like that because I kind of liked that it was showing that, like, they've done these Hunger Games for, uh, I don't know, what, 10 years now when we get to this book. And, you know, the whole point, like, that we see in the, the original novels is that, like, it's this big spectacle. They, they waste a ton of resources on it. They force everyone to watch like it, you know, and it just is demoralizing. And here you're like, well, no one in the districts pays attention. People in the capital hardly pay attention. We don't even care if the tributes die. So it sort of shows like how like they've, you know, they've they've tried to use this um, punishment tool, I guess, to keep people in line, and it's not really doing anything yet. And then you know, the kind of the progression of that I thought was interesting. Right. To them, it's like these kids disappear and they just don't come back. Yeah. Once they're reaped, they just stop paying attention. Right, because nobody so, has TVs. Right, at least not right. District Twelve. Yeah, well, except then, except in the future, they all have you know state-run TV that forces them to watch. Right. Mm. Yeah, and then like even along those lines, uh, Snow even mentions at one point like he expects he realizes how small of a celebrity he is. Like he thought he would be a big celebrity because he was on the Hunger Games. So. I thought I was going to be on the other side. I thought people were going to like it more because I was, I'm probably around like three and a half mocking Jays. Um, I enjoyed reading it. I kind of thought it was a, as a microcosm, it was sort of inverted from the main series in that it was better when it got away from the Hunger Games. Like I thought the third part of this book was the absolute best um, for the, for the most part. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the story in District 12, and it was a little easier to follow, um, more clear cut, it seemed like, and you had easier, kind of easier character names. I, I struggled through the capital part. I, I kind of joked it, it's like when Danny and you know, Song of Ice and Fire is in Marine, and you're like, you just can't keep all of the the name, all these names that, yeah, just kind of weird, straight. Like you're like constant. You know, um, I can't even remember the name of the Constantina. I don't know the girl that is bitten by all the snakes, like Clemencia. I, Clemencia. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I wrote in my notes. So if I call her the wrong name, so, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I mean it's just like all of these, all of these like Latin-based names, and there's just so like so many of them, and they're not very distinct characters for the most part. Um, so I don't know. I thought that kind of made made it hard. Um, overall, I did enjoy that it added some flavor to the world. I kind of thought one, and, and maybe this is I don't read a lot of young adult fiction, so maybe this is more to the genre. But it feels like every time we get more flavor to the world, it makes it a little smaller. Like we had to me, we had too many um, families that are in the main trilogy that came up with too many like we we don't need the cute reference to Katniss plants and to like yeah it's, it's just, a lot of callbacks yeah it's like it just got to be too much 
the one on that, that killed front, me but... on that front was the inexplicable hatred by Snow of mocking Jays just because oh it gives god, us this yeah. association. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so annoying. Right? Yeah, it just like wouldn't yeah. stop. Oh it just gosh, didn't make any yeah. sense. They repeat Some... stuff. It's yeah. inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it I can forgive because like I was reading like people think that I forget what the younger girl, the younger Covey girl is, but they think that that's like Katniss's grandma or whatever. So like, I can Maud forgive. Ivory. Yeah, I can oh, forgive yeah. some of it. So like, whatever, because it's like, whatever. But yeah, the Mockingjays, I was like, shut up. <laughs> I think where this book kind of struggles is that we already know Snow's end. And we, and I don't think there's a lot of character development for him throughout this book. He just kind of is a yeah. self-centered asshole at the beginning. And he's a self-centered asshole at the end. And every time you think he's going to change his character, he just admits that that's not his thoughts yeah so it's kind of weird it's hard because it's not that this couldn't have worked because there i mean there's plenty of i mean he's he's like even at the beginning he clearly has some sociopathic tendencies and there's plenty of books out there that are about you know sociopaths that are compelling and entertaining i think it's just it's hard to feel invested when the stakes for him seem very distant and undefined. It seems like the only thing that he's really passionate about is reclaiming the family name and getting into college. And that sort of falls away very quickly. And then keeping the apartment. Yeah. Keeping the apartment, which doesn't like you, you you forget about that. It doesn't, there's no sense of urgency to anything that he really cares about. Whereas everyone around him seems to have much higher stakes in, in what's going on. Um, yeah, and because of that, it's just, it's very hard to feel invested in his point of view because it's like, what is it? he? No, there's nothing that he cares about that feels like imminently, like about to be taken away, including the apartment. Like at no point does it feel like they're about to be put out on the street, even though we're told they are. Right, yeah. that's that's I mean, the key point, right? I think we are told this information, right? Like they're in danger of losing all their things, but you don't really feel it. Like there's a little bit at the beginning, like where it's showing like how desperate their living situation is where they don't have any food really, but it just never feels like it really escalates. It just feels like it's there in the background and it's not something that is a constant pressure in the right way. So you can kind of see the, I don't know. It's like sometimes um, Suzanne Collins like gives you very obvious puzzle pieces to put together. And it's like from the moment that they start talking about, how much the Plinth family loves Coriolanus Snow. Like, hmm, this really... Coriolanus' family is having money problems, and he has these really rich people that really, really love him and think he's great. Wonder how this is going to work out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, Because of nothing he's really too. done. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, like, a little skeptical when I found out it was, like, kind of from... It was going to be from President Snow's perspective, but, like, I think she did like as good of a job as she could have with the character she chose like she didn't make him like empathetic which I liked but she made him understandable and she was like casually able to sprinkle in like a lot of prejudice and disdain and just like not nice things about him and like his thoughts so it was like you kind of were able to like get the story but not it wasn't like she was trying to justify him in a way that would make us be like, oh, but he was actually an okay person. Like, he just <laughs> cared about his family and whatever. Like, we see, like, there's this, like, hatred towards the districts. Like, a really, they, they really don't see them as, like, human, basically. And, like, even 
he doesn't because he's like oh lucy gray is not really district she's like kobe and she just <laughs> happened to be stuck you know like the hoops that he jumps through right yeah but um but, i mean at, at a certain point though it felt like you know when he gets he, he gets sent to the peacekeepers and he gets sent off it's like oh well you know what he's he's gonna change his life around and but you know that's not where the story's going so you're like well what's gonna fuck this up you know yeah like, i mean well, he like I'll just betray with- my friend real quick yeah, he, like, bonded with all the district peacekeepers. He was like, oh, wait, they're not from the capital? Like, uh, I guess they're different, though, because they're peacekeepers now. It doesn't make them district anymore. Like, They wear the uniform. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it feels like, sorry, just in a story where we already know the conclusion, the arc would be that he's tempted with something else, like, genuinely tempted, and then rejects it on some level and it does happen at the end where he's given like a vague opportunity to to escape and go i guess like shit in the woods for the rest of his life um but we see like that that was <laughs> like that was woods. yeah like it was never actually like a temptation for him like there was never inner conflict because as soon as he's given an opportunity to like change his mind he's like oh i better kill her <laughs> yeah yeah, because um, he, he didn't want to do that. He felt like maybe he was about to be forced because they're going to find out. And maybe I should yeah, run. It, it was but purely it was out of like, necessity. Yeah. Right, it's self-preservation. It was never like, I way. could live in a cabin yeah. in the woods. It'd be a great life. Yeah. He um, was trying to I convince also, himself of that until he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also just was like, this is not a super big thing. But I was just like curious what you guys thought about how it wasn't in first person. And like how the rest of the series is all told from first person. And like why it was not in first person. Like... I don't know, it was just something that I was surprised uh, when I started reading. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I care a lot more about point of view than what than the pronouns. Yeah. So that's kind of my take on that. I just wanted to move on to, like, the rest of the main cast then. Um, the first person, okay, I don't know if I say his name correctly, Sejanus? Sejanus? Sejanus. Okay, Sejanus. Um, I didn't really like that he was from District 2 because, like, the whole main series portrays District 2 as, like, really loyal to the capital, and, like, I'm pretty sure that they didn't actually join in in the Dark Days Rebellion or whatever. So, like, why is he the representative of, like, the districts have rights and, like, fuck the capital and all this kind of shit? You know, that's a good point, because they have all the peacekeepers in District 2, right? Like, that's the main training area, military area. Yeah. Yeah. I think he might just... Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, I think the circumstances might be a little bit different um, at this point in the timeline where they're not quite. At, and, I th- and I think you could actually make the argument that the, this like betrayal that the plinths have where they go over to the capital side is one of the reasons why District 2 ended up being so favored in the future. But yeah, I think at this point, like all the districts are very were, were for the most part opposed to the capital. So it's not as though like he wouldn't have any motivation or reason for being anti-capital. See, this is where a good fantasy map would would be helpful in <laughs> me, like buying into the world. <laughs> District I think two, the, where is that? I think it's I right think, next to the capital. I think the problem with him is he grew up with these people, and he just doesn't feel comfortable in the capital. And then one of his classmates comes to die, basically, and of course he's going to like have thoughts about this that are anti-capital. I think the rest of them just don't understand what he's going through. He, I think he might, he was easily, I think, my favorite character out of this book. Um, (laughs) Tough choice, huh? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's not because he's nice. Um, I just genuinely felt bad for him. And I also think his motivations were more clear 
than a lot of other characters uh and his dilemma was more clear-cut and also just like there was not much in this book that i felt particularly moved by um but i genuinely found it very like his death is for me very chilling like it's a very like powerful mm. image of like the mocking jays repeating his last word which is just him calling out for his mother um like i genuinely almost felt sickened by that maybe that's just like part of the climate that we're currently living in of just like this teenager killed and yeah he's called. still a boy yeah just a child and uh like but yeah that was the one part of the book where i was like oh god like this is actually like really like riveting writing in a way that i, I found very little <laughs> like the rest of the book to be riveting and also like it's it it's the only thing that Coriolanus seems to have like a really powerful reaction to in the entire book. It's like, he seems to be like physically sickened and guilt ridden about what he's just done. <laughs> he did directly cause yeah. it. Yeah. He did cause and, it. Well, but he, he also, he, he regretted doing it almost immediately in a way. And he was like, well, they'll never find it. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And it's like, dude, you already did it. It's the one part of the book where it genuinely feels like he's conflicted about what he's like he has a moral dilemma and he regrets what he's done. And so for me, like that might like that, that whole little scene of him betraying his friend and maybe realizing that this guy was actually his friend, even though he never thought of him as his friend. Um, it was easily the best part of the book for me. And for that reason, I think I, I like it connected with Sejanus, even though he's a bit of a dope and I felt really bad for him. I mean, isn't, isn't Sejanus basically all of Snow's character arc? I mean, like he doesn't really change with, with uh, Lucy Gray. He just kind of, is like, yeah, I think I love her or whatever, or doesn't really know her that well. I think but there was a moment. It's like they actually become friends. Um, despite I him think there was a like, moment when he gave guy. her the compact that he actually did care for her. I, I, I don't think he didn't care for her, but I don't think that she was more important to him than himself. I think I, right, some, right. something I'll say about it relative to both these characters, and we can talk more about Lucy Gray in a bit, but. Something that I think is interesting about the POV that that you know I think could have been developed more, but I thought was cool is that the fact that we see the world through Snow's eyes it really changes the way we perceive these characters because he is so narcissistic and like self centered that he like always filters his understanding of these other people by how it benefits him or how it you know it it helps his ego in some respect. So like in some ways that makes the other characters feel worse, but understanding that that's because of the way that he views the world this very selfish perspective like i think that's just an interesting way to to look at the book it's weird that the fact that the only reason why sejanus thought they were friends is because snow decided to like just ignore him rather than treat him like shit and because he just ignored him he was like oh you're my best friend yeah yeah <laughs> right because well, it was yeah, below I mean, the we, snows we, <laughs> yeah well, we you, were all kind of rooting for sejanus right because like, yeah. I at one point I found yeah. myself, and I know this is silly, like, but you know, this would have been like an actual way they could have surprised us, is if like at some point, like he like Snow dies or something, and he takes Snow's name, and we're like he's the he actually ends up becoming President Snow or something. I know that would have been a more interesting story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have like, been a good twist. Yeah, I but I was like, that would well. be crazy. Yeah. No, while I was reading, I was like, wait, like, does he, is he one of the people that, like, Snow kills when in Mockingjay, like, Finnick starts talking about, like, how Snow rose to power? So I literally opened Mockingjay and, like, scanned it for that section to, like, reread. And I was like, nope, never mind. Okay. He probably dies earlier. I mean, like, the plinth, like, isn't that, that's a name we've heard in the, in the, um, the original books, right? Like, it felt so familiar. Yeah. I thought it felt familiar too, but I don't, I didn't really look into it beyond, just rereading that section of Mockingjay, so I might have just been like 
making it up, you know, being like, hmm, there's so many other, like, because we have, like, Tigris, who's in Mockingjay, which I will talk about her later, and, like, a lot of other things. So I was like, maybe I was just trying to make more connections that were I there. was going to ask that. So that's the same character? Yeah. His yeah. cousin? Yeah. yeah. I thought just odd. Like, yeah. like, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so do you want to move on to Lucy Gray? Because we touched on her a little bit. Um, sure. So I really... I, I was mean, very guys, enthusiastic. Yeah, I mean, you guys all <laughs> have seen my things about how I just hate romance so much, especially in YA. And I was, like, so happy there was at least not a love triangle until the part three, when it was, like, barely a love triangle, so whatever. But I just... There was like, no love triangle. There wasn't was even like, really any romance. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, was it was, like, oh you know, whatever. So that's I think that's probably what led to me liking this book a lot more, because there's just, like, barely any romance. But Lucy Gray, oh, my gosh, the moment she was introduced, I was like, I'm going to hate this character because she's like, I like to sing, and I'm different, and, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And, like, and I I'm a free spirit. Yeah, she's like, I'm a free spirit, and da 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 And, like, I'm just, like, classic every like YA girl character who you know <laughs> basically it's just a man who like girl. hippies <laughs> girl <laughs> well, was playing like... the hunger games before it was a game okay yeah. <laughs> she wrote she wrote the playbook but it's just like i don't know she's like the proto manic manic pixie dream girl where like she's just like so different from everybody else and like yeah it's she's... it's a little odd. It felt like that maybe if all that we had seen is that she shoves a snake down that girl's shirt, that would have been pretty great. But the fact that she goes on to like lead, like snatch the mic away and like lead the crowd in a song, I was like, okay, like <laughs> I, I really got tired of hearing the word Covey. I listened to the audio book. Yes, yes. And I was like, is anyone going to tell me what the fuck a Covey is? What, like, is this just like a, a traveling band and that's their name? Or is this like a, like an Appalachian term? I'm not familiar when, when with When the mayor of District 12 banned music, I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> good work, man. I, yeah, I think the Covey are supposed to be like Romani in the North Americas. But I don't know, maybe it is like an Appalachian thing. I didn't really look into it. I just thought it was a made up word, but. Yeah. Maybe. Did anyone what does like... everyone think about the, um, you know, the 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 point when um, Lucy Gray mentioned about um, sort of like the games being rigged and the victors being, uh, sorry, the people that were chosen in the reapings being rigged and the the fact that it was all staged for her name to be called because she was involved with. Uh, Billy and he was involved with the mayor's daughter. Right, she thinks it was rigged. The drawing right. was rigged. Which, which I, I think, think it's very the possible. That the Hunger Games are so are so um, unregulated, like compared to what we see later on. Like it's just like we just got to have two kids from each district, and they're all going to die, and it's fine. And it's like, yeah, the mayor could just call someone's name. It's cool. You know, no yeah. one's going to double check that. Did anyone think uh, she was? playing him the whole time like at the end entire really yeah i i wasn't quite sure because i'm like in at the end like it's again i like there's some confusion about like okay was did she really just like figure things out or was like did she run away when he shot at her (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i kept feeling that but i think that is not what was happening but i think for me i just didn't understand like why she would be so willing to be interested in him to the point that 
Like, she, like, genuinely loves this person who is, like, part of the system that's trying to kill her and isn't, like, yeah, like a beyond, great guy. Like I, Hunger Games or where she needs him. She kept playing. saying that you I, didn't I thought... choose to be here either. Like, yeah. she thinks he's a prisoner in this as well. She doesn't realize that he actually thinks the Hunger Games is a good idea. She just came it across to me as more, more naive than she was presented. Does that make sense? Like, she was no. presented as the savvy person who, like is maneuvering in some sense, but she just seemed naive in this relationship to me. I don't know. I think she began it not caring about him, but caring about what he stood for, like her mentor or whatever. He stood for like, sandwiches. Well, yeah. no, I think he actually, she actually wanted him to like her for some reason, but I don't yeah. think that she cared about him at that time, but I think she might have like began to like him just because he was kind of nice to her. It would be a more interesting story if they actually had the conversations that we feel like they should have, which is that, hey, like, you're actually participating in my murder. Oh, I have conflicting feelings about that. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't understand why she would like him other than the fact that he was feeding her. Uh, it didn't, it just didn't feel like, like, there, there should have, if they were going to, like, eventually fall in love, it felt like there needed to be some sort of, like, rub at the beginning where they just there was no like connection or there was like a genuine dislike. And then it like through strife yeah. and adversity, like they like became a team, but that didn't happen. It was just like, she was okay with him at the beginning because she's this beacon of neutrality where she's like, I'm not district. I'm not anybody like, okay. Mm-hmm. Fucking point, yeah. Yeah, they she, did save so, each other's so lives. With her, with her like kissing him and stuff for the hunger games. And I'm like, Oh, she's just like, totally like, please do everything you can to save my life. And then the fact that when he shows up, she's like, oh, yeah, we'll just, we're together now. But she's also kind of, like, very aloof about the whole situation. To me, it was like, I didn't like the fact that it ends with, you know, he learns his lesson because this terrible district girl tries to kill him. You know, like, it, it was just weird. To me, it would have made a lot more sense if she was like, hey, can you take me back to the Capitol? And now she's like a boss bitch. And you know what I mean? Like... I'd be like, oh, okay, so she was, like, kind of playing him all along, and, like, they're yeah. kind of, like, rising in power together. That I get. Or she kills him and takes his identity, and she's the real Snow. <laughs> she's Snow. <laughs> it's a fake beard all along. Yeah, I was fully expecting him to find out that she was living it up in the Capitol while he was stuck out in the sticks. Um, yeah. But alas, it, maybe I would have felt more if, like, it seemed like his love was at least like if somebody's love seemed genuine <laughs> right yeah. other than just like the mother's Mom love for Sejanus. <laughs> yeah it didn't yeah it definitely didn't feel like their relationship was the thing tethering him from becoming like a murderous sociopath like like that that sort of bothered me at the end because i don't know i got i liked most of the story how he related to his class classmates that you know he definitely just didn't think emotionally very much like there definitely were sociopathic tendencies and an ability to connect with other people that i thought felt very genuine um, a teenage boy that had no interest in girls yeah there's something wrong with him yeah and i, uh, I, I don't okay he could be gay but <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. nice safe he didn't say that he was gay <laughs> Yeah. He wasn't interested in the boys either. I'm just saying a teenage boy that isn't sexually active in any way is kind of weird. Listen, um, when you're starving, your libido goes way down. Yeah. <laughs> and But, like, I think that was accurate. But then I didn't feel like Lucy Gray was the thing that tethered him to his humanity. Like, I, did, I guess enough stakes and weight weren't put into that relationship. And, like, there was a lot 
of it, but it didn't feel like if if she leaves him suddenly, like in the epilogue, he's he's as evil as he is at the end of you know in the main trilogy. Like he's that, like he's that level of depraved where he doesn't care about killing people and doesn't yeah. about anyone. You know, like I, I don't she, know. Sh- she should have been the one thing that he genuinely cared about, so that he's gutted by her leaving him or betraying him because he does have these flickers of like wondering at his lack of feeling like he's not a complete sociopath there's there's moments where like he's he contemplates the fact that you know his classmates are are dead and that he that he's kind of shocked by that and maybe not misses them but also just like thinks about like the fact that they've been together for so long like he has like some inner conflict about how he feels about other people um which you know if he had an actual emotional arc like it would mean that he actually learned how to care about something and then it was taken from him (laughs) see i saw i saw like when she betrayed him like that was like when he like like because he was having these thoughts that like oh like the district people might maybe just be like normal people like us and then like when she officially like finally betrayed him he was like she's just did she betray him well, like, not it was only him, in his head. That's a matter yeah, no, of point of view, well, right? So well, she knows okay. that he's... Sorry. Yeah, so she didn't betray... I don't think that she betrayed him. Like, I think that she thought that he was going to kill her. But, like, anyways, when yeah. she, like, when that whole thing happened, like, that was, like, his justification for being, like, I don't need to, like, think about the districts. Like, I don't need to have this, like, moral conflict about, like, are the districts, you know, equal to capital people? Like, do we treat them fairly or whatever? It was, like, no. They're conniving, like, terrible people that just, like, want us all dead. And you get it. she tried to put a snake on me and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think, like, her final thing was, like, that was kind of what pushed him over the edge to be, like, like not because he cared about her, but it was kind of, like, the final justification for his um, feelings regarding the capital versus the district. But but honestly, I think he ends up thinking they're equal, just that they're all terrible and they need a strong hand to rule them, and this is the system that they have. He does believe throughout the book that it's, if it wasn't for the capital, everything would be chaos. I mean, he never wavers from that. The right. part where he says that explicitly to Lucy Gray and she just kind of is okay with it, I just didn't understand. <laughs> that was like one part where like, yeah. he basically says, yeah, like the capital is a necessary part of the system. And she was like, okay, that's fine. But it seems like <laughs> she was kind of holding her cards back at that Maybe, point. Maybe, like, I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't that, was that before or after he said he killed three people that summer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one like, I, I, Freudian I, slip. I met myself, back. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. What a dummy. Um, he, yeah, it, it felt like I could sympathize a little with her in that situation. It seems like she's trying not to provoke an argument. Um, yeah, yeah, when, but like from a reader standpoint, it's like there probably should be an argument at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just stacked up on top of all the other like acceptances of the way he is and where he's coming from. I just like it just compounded for me. Yeah. Um also, real quick, I posted this in the chat, but just wanted to clarify. I looked it up, and a covey is like a flock of birds or a pair of birds that have young birds. It's related to birds, basically. Suzanne Collins loves birds. That's of the, course. The end of the That's fine. I'm fine with that. Fine. <laughs> or apparently it can just be a small group of people, which I think I remember my Appalachian great-grandmother saying, but I don't know. I might be projecting. No, they're Your not mama. from Appalachia. They're from all over, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, they're not district. What are you they're talking not about? District? What's wrong with you? We take yeah. their sides. <laughs> I'm just saying it's an old word, and no one loves old words in the real world more than Appalachians. Mama, yeah. 
Um, all right. So should we move on Brandy to fan, Katie? Brandy <laughs> fan. Um, okay. I just wanted to briefly talk about Dr. Gall and Dean Highbottom because um, regarding Dean Highbottom, I was super confused about him. I was like, so does he hate the Hunger Games? Like, what is he like? Just, he like, hates I just, them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he hates the fact that it was related to him because okay. of his idea. Yeah. His father yeah. like wrote it down when he was drunk one night. So obviously he's capital, but for me, he came across as like a really badly drawn version of like Haymitch, like a budget yeah. Haymitch, basically, <laughs> where he is like this person who is scarred by the concept of the games and he's just an addict. And like, that's the extent of him, really. It just didn't feel yeah. very sketched out, but it's yeah. fine. He's a minor character. And then Dr. Gall was this mad scientist who like... <laughs> It was just batshit insane and social contract. Just like I don't know, she was just a I crazy did, like, person. Like she, w- I was not terribly impressed as her, like as an antagonist. I, the one thing they do that I did like about her character is that it's pointed out that the reason that she she sees people as animals who will turn on each other in a heartbeat is because that's how her brain functions and she's just not capable of imagining that other people might have like empathetic and moral drive she's just like well i see people as things so everybody must see people as things right she constructs (laughs) situations so that that prove her point essentially like she tries to create scenarios that support her worldview which is a cool kind of sadistic motivation well, and I guess the thing I liked about her is I can actually see how Snow, like, being with her for 20 years could be the guy that he is in the main trilogy. I mean, if you hear hippity hoppity that many times, I would also become an <laughs> Oh, my like, gosh. Maniac, murdered. So. Like, yeah, I just, I, I don't think there was enough in these books to justify him being the full sociopath he was in that blog. And maybe he's not. Maybe he's just trying to convince himself that he is. But, um, he, but I could see that, you know, spending a bunch of time with her after that. Yeah, and I think also he he's lived a long life of being part of this this system, and like you can see how that would slowly corrupt him over time. Like, I, like it's just a it's hard to base everything on how he was when he was eighteen or whatever. Like he's yeah. going to change a lot over that. Plus, of course whenever we see anything from his point of view, it's just going to look less evil to us. So I think there's plenty yeah. of fucked up shit he did in this book. Yeah. I, I, I never thought he was a good character from the beginning. Just, I don't know. Yeah. His, his, his one, his flickers of kindness are always tempered by self-interest, right? Like, right. Every time he, he will save Sajan and, and that can work. Like, the, like we love plenty of characters in, you know, a song of ice and fire who are self-interested, but still, you know, like Braun, like, like Jamie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can work, it can work. Um, but they have to actually like, you have to be convinced that there's at least like some genuine interest. Like we like Jamie because he's self-interested, but we also like gradually feel that, yeah, he's actually in denial about what he actually, how he actually feels about other people. And here, it never feels like Snow is in denial. It genuinely feels like he just hates everyone. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> he resents Sir, like Sejanus. Like, he'll go out and save him, but the whole time, he's like, I'm only doing this, like, to curry favor with his family, and because I don't want to get in trouble, I actually really hate this guy for, like, putting me in this position. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, I feel like I would hate Sejanus, too, if I were somehow linked to him, <laughs> because he's... 
like I understand he's very pure hearted and everything, but like he's not smart enough to be a rebel. Like no, he's a dope. Like, and that's yeah. the pro. Like the last thing you need in your life is to be connected to someone who's trying to overturn everything, but is really dumb about it, and the consequences are going to come back. Uh, yeah, on. and eventually he he accepts that fact. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like, yeah. yeah. And, and One of his blind, few but... moments of humanity is when when Sejanus shows up and Snow is actually happy to see him. Yeah. That's one of the few moments where I was like, oh, maybe maybe this is like a something's going to happen with him to make him turn. Like maybe Sejanus is going to get killed by someone and that's going to like reinforce his feeling on the districts. But no, that's not what happened. The, the capital killed him and it still didn't reinforce anything for him. Yeah. I mean, essentially he killed him, right? Yes. Just killed him, yeah. yeah. That actually, he's the capital. I did actually like that moment when he, it's like he just can't help himself. Like, like he's slowly bonded with this guy, but at the same time, like there's this driven impulse where he's like, "Well, I can't not record him while he's confessing right? this information." <laughs> but then he, like, he also regrets it like immediately after. And I actually like that. Like I said, like any any point in this book where there was any sort of like emotional conflict um or tension i was very grateful for and i did like that like that felt like a genuinely like like a genuine demonstration of like inner conflict of his character of like he actually is starting to like him but at the same time like he just cannot help himself it's like i i need to like angle things in my favor i wonder if he hadn't lied to him would it have changed the way he felt? Because, like, when he finds out that sejanus isn't being honest with him that's when he starts to like turn on sejanus a little bit and I wonder yeah, if that's... Go ahead. Well, because his whole thing is control. And so when Sejanus is, like, kind of being this unknown when he's lying to him, I think that Snow is like, well, I have to be in control. Like, I'm in this environment where, like, if I don't know what's going on, then, like, I'm, you know, I'm vulnerable. And so because Sejanus was lying to him, but also I think at the same time, like, Snow would do whatever he could to get back to the capital. to be honest. Like, even if he didn't knowingly do it he finds like justification for his actions really fast because he's just wants to he doesn't want to be wrong or like morally he doesn't want to view himself as morally skewed i guess this book made me think about like how many sociopaths are in my world where i think like someone is my genuine friend but really deep down they're ready to turn me over to the fbi at the drop of the <laughs> <laughs> It could be uh, any one of you. Just a paranoia well, hopefully simulator. you're not doing anything that would require. <laughs> I don't think the stakes are as high <laughs> regarding if any of your friends are actually you, sociopaths who hate if you. Are, Abby will turn you in. Yeah. <laughs> it just has to be so pathetic. From like, if this book was told from Sejanus's point of view, how pathetic would it be? He's like, oh, this guy loves me. He's my friend. Oh, <laughs> no. That would be worse for sure. That's so sad. Oh my God, it'd be like the. Death of a Puppy, the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, and then I just wanted to real quick talk about Tigris. I don't know if you guys had any other characters to talk about, but like my roommate who's reading this book now, because um, I gave it to her, she was just asked me, she's like, is there any purpose to Tigris beyond like lifting Snow up, like being this like woman that is just always in Snow's corner? Like her really have any purpose beyond that and being a callback to Mockingjay, like- which doesn't make sense because... I didn't imagine her being an 85-year-old woman in Mockingjay, but whatever. <laughs> right. I guess it's... I, I just looked that up earlier because it does say that 
Katniss describes her skin as being like you know wrinkled and old, so it makes sense. But I did not imagine that she was like Snow's cousin. Um, yeah, and she she's just sort of like his hype man, I guess, in this, and to show that like his family's not like terrible; they're just people. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the only path out of their current predicament. I mean, because she can't at this point go to the university or whatever, like. So she's not going to help them out, be able to help them back to their prominence. So I think that's a lot of it. I think their role in the story is obviously to like soften our view of him somewhat and give him a human connection. Um, I don't think it works particularly well. But <laughs> You didn't think his racist grandma was enough? <laughs> no, <laughs> the grandma. <laughs> um, I like the grandma. <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic term. She's very true to her character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just this old and money. I kept, um, I kept thinking yeah. that maybe there would be a point where there would be a mention that Tigress that we hear in the story has a daughter and she calls her Tigress or, or something like that. But then I was thinking most likely it is that, that same character. But the back of my mind, I was thinking maybe it's, it's not and it will be like someone related to her. But it kind of makes Tigris from the, like from the main story, cooler to me. Like to know that that she's related to Snow and she's turned on him because she's seen what he is. Like that she's helping rebels and all that. Like I thought, like because like, like oh, in my brain, like when I read the Mockingjay, I thought because like I haven't read, um, I haven't finished rereading Mockingjay in a couple of years. Like I'm not finished with it but when we meet her i thought it was like she just hated the capital because they like kicked her out they didn't accept her because she like turned herself basically into a cat person and stuff so it was yeah. just I, like, thought, I thought they made her turn into a cat person no, no I, I think, think it, i think it was she was a stylist for the games and she just kind of was like really into the cat person trend and then they were like okay you went too far like no no more <laughs> And you so could argue that, of course, part the... of it, because in the movie, she says that they forced that, like, Snow didn't like how she looked, so he turned her into a cat person. No, yeah, that but doesn't in the, happen in the book. In the book. Different. That doesn't happen uh, in the book, yeah. And, yeah, I talked to Glenn a little bit about this. I, I think, uh, so the motivation in the in Mockingjay appears to just be that because she was cast out as a uh, stylist for the stylist games. For the... Um, yeah, I think uh, that's the only motivation, but obviously she's suggesting here that something more happened. We just never find out at this point what that was. So something happened to break the relationship beyond repair, but it's still a mystery. Oh, good. There might be a sequel. From her perspective. Uh, just... <laughs> I, I kind of feel like sad. if this had been the first book she wrote, it would not have done well. So but, during the hun- Hunger Games, there's the character Reaper, who's like the big scary tribute, who apologizes to everyone in advance for killing them. He's like, I'm sorry, yep. we have to do this. <laughs> like, it's just a like a, like a cool image of like him stomping around the arena, and he like makes a cape for himself. It reminded me of uh, Akira, like Tetsuo at the end when he has his oh like, yeah, and like, like brooding in the arena, like <laughs> contemplating his war crimes, um, nice. sucking up all the bodies. Blob. Yeah, I do like there's these brief flickers of like humanity since we're seeing the Hunger Games from an outside perspective of like what these kids are thinking and like the ones that are like purely driven to survive no matter what and the others who are like trying to like preserve some degree of of, of like humanity towards each other. And obviously like he has rabies and he's kind of crazy, but him like lining up the bodies felt like 
like obviously like it felt like a good moment like a good character beat of like this like strange ter- induced organizing yeah like yeah. terrified and also like compassionate and yeah i did like that detail so sure. the first the first part is uh the mentor which is basically we are introduced to snow and his family and um like his project which is to work on the hunger games and how he wants to um restore pride to his family and we meet lucy gray and um yeah so that's pretty much the first part um basically like the key points that i have from this is um the tributes are treated like shit (laughs) um arachne is murdered after taunting another tribute or taunting a tribute um how the fuck do you say his name coriolanus coriolanus yeah yeah i thought his name was cornelius until this year when i read this book i thought it was anyways um he comes up with like all the cornelius yeah he comes up with a lot of the ideas for like the future games um we get the mutt snakes biting clemencia uh, there's a tour of the arena and bombs are somehow set off, uh, which Spring. both tributes and mentors die. Lucy Gray saves Coriolanus and Marcus runs off. So that's like kind of basically what happens in this part. Um, so this is the first the first time they have mentors, right? Like yes, yes. Before this, they just sort of like showed up and threw them in the arena until they died, and that was the yep, end of it. That's all yep. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, um, insane. Like when they took him to the monkey house in the zoo, I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like, <laughs> and they was... don't feed them at all. Yeah, that's it, what it sounds like. Yeah, they come in cattle cattle cars. Like they don't yeah. feed them. Well, I think and I mean, like more? it was a basic point that like I mean when they started dying beforehand, like they weren't getting fed, and they're like, "Man, if you guys want these people to like die as like a show, like." Shouldn't you take care of them before the... Well, I what? think okay. before, I think yeah. in the previous games, it was like they literally showed up and were immediately, like, thrown into the arena. So they had... <laughs> this time they had, like, three days or whatever. I don't know. I remember how long before they got thrown into the arena. And so they just kind of didn't really think about that. Because they're... Yeah, and then... Piece, piece well, and then the explosion. The explosion in the arena delayed it more. And Why do you yeah. think they erased this one from history? Um, because I don't know. Um, it, nobody knew that it, they, they cheated. I mean, I guess they kind of cheated. I think. Well, there was still... footage of of the, like the boys going in and all that. I mean, not like that aired, but they basically were like, "Let's just delete it and forget about this." Isn't one it and, like weird no that e- even in the future ones, the capital doesn't have the games on tape delay? I mean, get your shit together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just do at least need to like edit a five seconds in case one of the in case one of them throws up a gang sign, right? So I just <laughs> want to engage in this for a second. So imagine there is a tape delay. What do they do? Like in the original Hunger Games, where the, the various switch to another happens. switch to another person. I don't know, like switch to no, a different camera. I specifically mean the the berries thing. How do they prevent that if they have a tape delay? Oh, at that point, yeah. There's there's. I guess they could. Uh, cut to like uh caesar being like what will happen this is crazy you know and people are like what well it can <laughs> be no one else watched. it doesn't have to be live like it could be a day behind and nobody would know except for the capital yeah i just like how do they prevent that That's do they true. just shoot one of them i guess i think like i mean yeah they probably would just like because in the in the future games they have like basically the whole arena is augmented so they could just like kill one of them be like oh he died of a snake bite or something and like oh now they you know we're done (laughs) but um yeah i just feel like a a capital that is that focused on control that they wouldn't have some sort of 
like hip pocket thing waiting just in case something crazy happened, like what happened in the the future right. Hunger Games. Yeah, and, and like I think what... it's because the voyeuristic nature of it, like they don't want to you know distill it down to an hour long you know reality TV show after they edit everything out. They want everyone to be watching live as it happens, follow people, like understand that like these people are in there in real time for days suffering. And like maybe they think that's the most effective. Yeah, imagine if they found out it was a tape delay, it would kill the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> that and the whole it... betting part would kind of. <laughs> you well, can't send them also... food yeah. in real time. Yeah, and then also I think it's like. Um after the end of it, it's, like, kind of implied that the Capitol people seem to apparently have really short memories, because, like, how, like, I don't even know, like, the people, people who are living in this time are still alive in the end, and it's, like, at the end of the Hunger Games, they always, like, show them, like, the final cut of the games, where it's just, like, from the victor's perspective, or, like, whatever, and so it's just, like, okay, that's what happened, and, like, we accept that, even though we all saw... (laughs) the actual Hunger Games, and, like, we'll just accept this narrative, and, like, whatever, and they don't give a shit. So I think it's these, just, like, like these they're just... All, all, very, all the people in the capital are still pretty darn hungry, so they have other things, so... Yeah. Wake you up, don't think sheeple. they would have been talking about it? Remember yeah. Lucy Gray? I mean, they say only one person from 12 ever won, but remember that Lucy Gray that, like, shocked the world? Like, nobody yeah. ever talks about that? Wake so up, sheeple. Annoying snake girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, actually, but, um, in... I remember in the first book, they didn't actually say that Hamish was the only person that won. They said he was the only one like, alive. The only one alive, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought um, he was the only one from 12 that ever won, but I guess I, I was wrong. I could, yeah, I that's what I thought too. I think I it's like it interpretative. Was... I thought like, that's I, why they had to wipe the Hunger Games from history. But I mean, they've been doing it for 75 years, so if like someone won early on, they could easily be dead. Right now, yeah. So. Like, Mags was, like, 80-something in the Catching Fire, so, like... Oh, why'd you have to bring Mags up? <laughs> Sorry. I, I guess that's oh, why no. I thought they had to re-erase it from history, because there was never a winner of 12, and that's why she had to, like, go back and be oh, yeah, but that yeah, was erased from history, a, so it was okay. I thought it was, okay. like, for, for continuity, but uh, maybe... Even... Well, I mean, and I, I think... was thinking to myself, why not just have them be from any other fucking district? <laughs> I mean, I think these games made the capital look bad more than anything. When you have... Like a a tribute that was lining up the bodies and cutting the flag of Pan Am, like where that's very, you know, it may you know it was a very sympathetic to the actual tributes, and it seemed like this was the first time that they'd ever really dropped the the mutts into the actual battle. Yeah, and, and then yeah. they killed everyone, but then the one girl like draped yeah. herself in them so yeah there were there was a lot there were a lot of moments that were kind of comparable in in upstaging the capital to the berries and yeah with katniss it, and Peta. like there were, there were comparable moments to that and i think they wanted to erase that i will say this was the slowest rebellion ever <laughs> 60 fucking years and you really didn't make any traction it makes um, sense though yeah. that like because it does even feel like among the mentors that there's a growing sense of like this is wrong and we shouldn't be doing this it makes sense then that like the way that you pacify even the people in the capital is like tying in corporate interests and treating like the the tributes a little better and like making me like, look how like we're feeding them like we're bringing them bedding and rooting and teeth. yeah make them yeah. care yeah and then oh, like yeah, also, it's brilliant yeah. and that's that's kind of what's cool right to see how it changes and to see them yeah. learn that stuff like the yeah. like that version of the games is so much more interesting than just 
dropping them into a pit. And <laughs> well, yeah, That's why the Hunger like, Games is a better book. <laughs> yeah, they're like the tributes need motivation. Like they get like we have to keep the districts poor, and then the people who win get food and a nice house and yada yada. You know, it's like they have to. Yeah, I mean, the Hunger Games portion of this is probably the least interesting portion of it. Not that there aren't significant things that happen in the uh, the games in this book, but it's like. It's in like an old stadium. There's like you know where's where's like the cool moving ground and spinning tops and shit. You know, yeah. Well, that's the weird thing. Is it's obviously (laughs) supposed to be intentionally shit and boring and awful, but it's still it's still it's still boring and awful. (laughs) They're doing way better with technology. Their first drone crashed. (laughs) So I guess we I guess we're already on the prize, which like moved on to part two, which is the prize, uh, which is the Hunger Games. Yeah. So we have the Hunger Games, uh, Sejanus sneaking into the arena, which was really random, like weird, um, mutt snakes, um, that kind of shit. So, yeah, I don't know. There was just a lot of fuck ups in this. Um, like, I don't know. It just, I guess, we, yeah, we talked, we basically talked about part two already. <laughs> so, yeah. I will uh, say that everyone uh, thinks about the, um, the plant and the, the chance for that scholarship by being the winning mentor? Um, I was just confused because I thought that was like already the like thing that they were going to get. No, they get a very re- very vaguely described prize. <laughs> yeah, basically, depending on how they do, they would get like something, but okay, like a scholarship. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and like the Hunger different. Games people, like they just get sent back on like the you know manure train and they get to live. I guess you're like there's no like Victor's Row or yeah. Like past Hunger Games winners have probably died in the street because they starved to death. Yeah, they stopped yeah. caring. They stopped taping and just left them there. <laughs> Don't even send him home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but also with the, the demerit that um, the, there's there's the first demerit and he's um, he's told by uh, Professor Highbottom that if he gets free, then he'll be expelled. But then it doesn't really. Well, nothing comes of it. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah, he constantly brings it up in his mind, but then nothing happens until we learn at the last, you know, at the end of that chapter. Did that surprise anyone? I was, yeah, I mean, like, not, once reading the third part of the series, like, the third part, like, it makes, in the ending, like, it makes sense why they, why he was, like, because he was kind of, like, set up to have to do this thing. But, yeah, for originally I was, like, why do they give a shit that he, like, <laughs> cheated? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very cheap ways like the demerit and the plinth prize both are very cheap ways to create tr- to try to generate some stakes and attention to all this. But yeah, it never really came across. Yeah, I will say that um, one thing that I think these first two books, well, like the entire book in general, kind of clarified for me is the state of the world. Like it. This is the first time we're reading this book where it's like, oh, the world is just fucked. Like there's nothing left like whatsoever. Yeah, there's yeah, that's no why I was food, like... there's mm-hmm. nothing, like, there's just not enough resources, or they're, like, even to feed, like, the elite people at the top, it seems like, like, the fact that the capital is, like, is war-torn as it is, and people are starving was actually pretty shocking to me, this this venture, the fact that, like, these, like, the elite of the elite children are 
pretty inured to the fact that you know like there are bombs going off and like their parents were killed in battles and stuff it, they got cannibalizing happening up in here and yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no i was um yeah it's that's like why i was really piercer. excited yeah i was really excited for this book because i really my favorite part of the about the hunger games is like the actual world that they live in i, I wanted to like i like i'm really interested in like basically how the entire earth kind of got fucked and now everyone's like living here and so i liked all the little tiny like meta things i guess that were introduced so um but yeah it was also though really confusing with the like the wealth discrepancy in the capital because like obviously there were like people that were fine and then there's like coriolanus's family who's not fine so like i understand that she was trying to be like oh the capital is also fucked but like they weren't (laughs) well it's like some people profited off the war and and some others didn't well, they, I guess they're most of their profit like was coming out of District Thirteen, and that's gone now. Yeah, and that's where they lost most of their money, and their parents are dead, so there's nobody to make any money or any financial decisions really. Yeah. So they're just trying to scrape by. Yeah. What about the grandma mom? She's yeah, she's doing great. Lady, <laughs> she, she's a lady. She doesn't need to work. <laughs> it it it's interesting, like. In, in, like I, again, I read The Hunger Games like ages ago, but like the world building felt clearer to me in this book, even though I enjoyed it less. Like the fact that nobody quite knows what's out. Like th- when they talk about going and living in the wilderness, um, mm-hmm. they're like, there might be people out there. Nobody seems to know. And I'm like, it makes sense that like in a world where like only the most powerful people have access to any sort of advanced technology. It's like, they don't have internet, like they don't even have maps, it seems like, of like further areas. It makes sense that it's, that they don't know what's beyond like, I don't know, Toronto, (laughs) what used to be (laughs) Toronto. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like they could find an abandoned city. What? Is there anything beyond Toronto in Canada? Uh, Montreal. I mean, I'm I'm living proof. <laughs> I don't think that was a series. That's District Seven. I, I know. Right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I I mean, there's got to be other cities with other people in them. Yeah, I, I mean, I there just, has to be other countries too. It's like, what what's China doing and all this? Yeah, <laughs> like, what about the rest of the world? <laughs> well, I think it's like the the implication is like that um, some like global environmental disaster happened and like wiped out most of humanity that would never and happen. like. <laughs> According to Panem, like the 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 narrative that Panem is telling is like basically everyone that's left on the Earth like got to Panem and like were great because we were able to like save humanity or whatever. Now we have to do everything for capital, but like obviously, realistically, there's probably like other groups out there. But, um, totally, it's, they're like it's we don't want to nice... touch. Yeah, they're like it's we don't a... want to touch North America. Yeah. They're a little fucked. They kill little children, so. <laughs> you've got a force field around the entire continent and everyone else is just living normal it's a total 1984 situation where the Mm -hmm. government has a complete lock on any sort of global or geographical information and so the people just don't they don't have no they have no idea like there might not be a world out there for all they know right yeah Yeah. i I, I would love to know if there's like mad max kings roving europe or something yeah (laughs) um so. so i looked up a map and there's a bunch of different conflicting ones, but I think my favorite, there's one where uh, Cuba is called Snow Island. <laughs> what? Apparently, apparently he cleared all the Is this like a cocaine joke? <laughs> no, like, uh, according to this map, Cuba survived whatever 
cataclysmic event. And you then, mean like started it? <laughs> and then is this like from the movies or something? Like I don't, I don't know. I'm just. I didn't know there was an official map. Um, There's. I can't. The mo- I can't find an oh. official, but they yeah. uh, apparently in this snow cleared all of the people off of Cuba because if the island survived, <laughs> the people wouldn't have died. Like, yeah. I mean, there's no, like, official map that, like, Suzanne Collins sanctioned, but the movies, like, made up their own map, but, like, some of it conflicts with, like, uh-huh. information from the books. Like, in my brain, I really thought that the way, like, until a couple years ago, I thought that the way that Panem worked was, like, it was literally, like, a line. So it was, like, District 1, then goes District 2, then goes District 3, then goes District 4. <laughs> but, like, yes. upon yes. further reflection, I realize now it, that it, that's not possible. The... Yeah. The map that I linked is a, it's a fan-made map, but the explanation. It's so good, though. Yeah, like, the the explanations. That's the one I go off of. Yeah, the explanations they give for like why they put things the way they did are it's actually really astute. Um, but yeah, it's like there's no like when you're reading the books, there's no fucking way to know where any of this shit is, like <laughs> none whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, there's well, a little bit. I mean, you would know twelve is in whole... Appalachia and a few yeah. things like that, yeah. but there's not. There's a whole bunch of them, and I like the ones that like have much of the um, the continent is like underwater. So then it's like yeah. very limited landmass, yeah. and like that's part of why this has all happened. Yeah, well, like the one that Katie linked, they um the authors like used some t- like National Geographic tool to like raise the sea level or whatever. And uh, apparently seven goes all the way up to, like, the Yukon Territory and all through British Columbia, which I guess would make sense, according to this fan map. But there's no Snow Island on it, so it's not real, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is fake news. Oh, that's interesting how they did four. Yeah, uh... they based it on, like, there being shrimp and crab. Like, they based it on, like, what what their fishing is. Like, apparently it's only, like, in the Gulf that you could do that, according to their, like, their... Because, well, four yeah, was like definitely the, the golf. Like, but yeah, because yeah, like the that's the why the the like official map is wrong because like the movie map puts four on um like the west coast I think which what? was like made no sense yeah no. so like, Finnick is clearly meant to be like get this oil off of my scrimps like he is <laughs> like he is meant to be a Cajun man yeah <laughs> yeah um. But yeah, no, the, that map that Katie linked is like the one that I would go by, even if it's fan made. <laughs> um, okay, so part three is the Peacekeeper, where Snow is sent to District 12. Um, and we meet, um, and then Sojanice joins him later. And we meet like Billy Tope, who is Lucy Gray's ex boyfriend, who's apparently dating the mayor's daughter. And uh, what things happen, Sojanice gets involved with a rebellion or like a escape plot to go north. Um, and Snow kills Mayfair and Billy Tope by, by accident, not really by accident, whatever, um, and decides to run away with Lucy Gray to the woods, but then realizes he doesn't have to because he found his murder weapons, and then he goes back to the capital, and everything is great for him, and the 10th Hungry Games are erased from history, <laughs> and things are good now. Also, the hanging tree is written. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone... Th- like, okay, the having the, hang- the hanging tree in there is fine. I think... Like, having it and also the song that Katniss sings Rue, like, that felt egregious. It's like, we don't need every song to have originated from this one girl <laughs> in the mountains. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's I only, like, look... three songs in the book, so... Yeah. I guess I just didn't like that there was a... I didn't want to know the origin to the hanging tree. Like, it's meant to be mysterious, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I thought it was like in my brain, I always thought it was like a folk song that like had been yeah. carried down from like many generations, but it's like only three generations old. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. yeah. And I did like that they still had stuff from like from like our world that like Maud Ivory was singing the always look on the sunny side. That made me happy. Yeah. I didn't like the speaking the, of things from like our world when they like they're in like a car garage or something. Like what the fuck happened to all of these things? You know, like did the capital just come and take away like their car? Because they had like I think there were some cars or something and like old well, the mayor, relics the mayor from had like a car. Yeah. yeah. So did the did when Snow became president, did he just be like, all right, like we're getting rid of all of like tech things that could have existed like pre dark days. Like you guys now live in like cabins and well, it's been 10 years. Well, I would, They're I not making parts or gasoline anymore. Yeah, well, I would imagine that, like, before the rebellion, like, a lot of that had already kind of started to, to fizzle out naturally um, in some of these areas, but I don't know. And, and I will say, like, the singing of the songs in the audiobook was probably, like, the worst part. <laughs> oh, the I can imagine, The, guy, the yeah. way the guy read them, I'm like, okay. That sounds awful. <laughs> this side of side. To be honest, I usually just kind of like skip over the song lyrics because I don't really care that much. <laughs> oh, the songs like, are yeah, good. when I'm reading, I'm like, I see it. It's fine. Move on. Like, I know I get, she's singing. <laughs> I get it. I, I give them all the same really fast tune. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could you do that for us, please? Um, It's like somehow they're all like, meet me down at the hanging tree. That's not right. <laughs> the hanging tree one I have from the movie stuck in my, like that's the one that I always think of for the hanging tree and like I don't know it makes sense with like the what's that one song like the 15 hours and what da, 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 like the one about coal mining and that song like that's kind of just what I give the rest of it um but okay what did you guys think of snow being sent to district 12 like I would have rather him gone to a different district so we could like get some more world building yes. but I understand we have to it have would have been hard Katniss to meet Lucy Gray Anywhere else. Okay. Well, she she didn't have to be from twelve. She had yeah, she's not district. She could be anywhere. Right. <laughs> it did bother me that they did. She did district twelve again, and I don't know why that would be. Like, why wouldn't you pick a different one if you're going to explore your own world? Right. Because it feels like it's Easier. easy. You've already done this. You don't have to. You don't have to give us anything new. So. At first, I was really excited because I thought they were going to District 9 because, like, that's where it opens or whatever in this part. And I was like, yes, like, we don't know anything about District 9. And so we, then I was really sad. Do we even know what industry they're supposed yeah. to be? Um, I think they, they probably like told green. us. I think it's green. Uh, the I think that might be fan speculation also. Here's it, like, I don't mind her being from 12 again. Sorry, I can hear myself. Um, I don't mind her being from 12 again if there was some sort of like, like, that this fucks him up and like, makes him more paranoid towards Katniss later, like if there's enough of a resemblance to Katniss that like it, like it influences his later attitudes towards her and makes her right. like, but he that make, is it, ki- that is kind of implied with like the Maud Ivory, like knowing all the songs and probably being Katniss's grandma and teaching them to her dad who teaches, like it's it kind of like implied but that's like trivia. That's like it just yeah. this kid happens to be a grandmother. I meant more like that. There's enough of a resonance between these two characters that like so we can understand that 65 years later he would understand the implicit threat of somebody 
like who is this charismatic and you know has the potential to like draw like other people towards her but there's none of that there it just seems like uh i don't know that susan collins is really attached to district 12. (laughs) i don't know they've had charismatic winners before like that finn guy was very charismatic that finn guy put some respect on finnick's name is literally my favorite character please watch yourself I'm just saying that he was very well liked. He was very charismatic. Sure, but he wasn't. But but he wasn't a rebel either. I guess yeah. he was in the end, but he wasn't. Like, yeah, he was. He he died so that Annie could live. Right. Anyway. <laughs> sort of. I mean, like he didn't have to go, but. <laughs> is that how you stop you ready like you didn't have to go <laughs> literally i was like i was like dude you didn't have to go like you literally didn't have to go <laughs> definitely on. turned on the murder machine in that book like she was like i'll just kill basically everybody <laughs> man i do i hate when stories do that where it's like they start out as a band of people and then it's just everyone sacrifices themselves for the main character yeah i'm uh, like yeah, didn't have to fun. live like, Finnick sacrificed himself so that everyone else could live. And I was like, who gives a shit how about Katniss anymore? Like, how, d- how dare you? How dare you? Was like, I felt dis- so Just disturbed by that when I was reading. It was like, because I think he was my favorite character, too. And, like, more than anybody else getting ripped to shreds, like, that was just so disturbing. Of, like, for he fuck's just sake, deserved- get the ladder. Get the ladder. <laughs> he deserved so much more. Like, he literally he, he deserved gone out a better so- way. But also, like, he-, he just... Like he was kind of like Peta. Like he was so mentally broken that. No, but then he got. Oh, he got back, fixed. So it was okay. <laughs> like, what are you saying, Kevin? That like he deserved death because he had like PTSD. No, I'm just saying like at a certain point in storytelling, people with it's PTSD like, like deserve Theon. to die. It's like Theon. Like, yeah, Kevin, what Kevin, look, when you have, do if he survived a song of ice like and that, fire, you should live. Yeah, if what, it, so he exhausted store, his usefulness. Dollar store James Franco in the movies. All right, I'm not trying to hear it. Kill it. <laughs> Move on. The movie makes it so much worse where he's screaming for Jennifer Lawrence to save him and she just drops a bomb on him. <laughs> she did what she could. Listen, there's a reason I haven't rewatched Mockingjay Part 2 since I saw it in theaters, okay? I just don't want to relive that scene. Does anyone have anything else to say about Part 3? Because I feel like we talked a lot about it like before we actually got to the section breakdowns. Um, one thing is I really like the Jabberjay concept um, in the story like it makes sense that like some military like think tank would be like yeah this is a totally like efficient way to spy on people because if you kill like a bird like there's no recording and but obviously like as any like any like investigation into military history like using animals usually like blows up in your face in some way dolphins spy yeah. dolphins but the Jabberjays <laughs> that like they have like ways of like turning like putting them in neutral state and then like making them record stuff by sending them signals like i i enjoyed that the explanation of like their their like physiology or i guess like their bio their function the only thing i had with that like was we already knew all of that based like we like didn't know the minute detail but like it was it katniss like explains the jabber jays in um sorry someone's doing dishes in my house if you can hear them sorry um katniss like explains the jabber jays in catching fire so it's like we already kind of knew it and then she just rehashes the information to like remind us so i don't know and also i just 
freaking the mocking jays like okay we get it <laughs> yeah it's very over overwrought i think it's a fine concept but it's just overdone in the book so did you guys think that that lucy gray was onto him at the end or like i didn't think until he started shooting at her that she was i mean she hit a snake in her did she do that the snake yeah, i think i think, like I think that was intentional I think when it wasn't poisonous, it seemed like that she was, was hiding from him. Mint. I don't know. I thought it was just a random snake that happened to bite him, and then he was like, oh, "I don't think so we know. trying to kill me." I mean, like, where the fuck yeah. would she have gone? Like, why would she have like run away from him if she, she didn't? Did take a he said he killed left. three people, bro. Yeah, he gave, like he I gave the game away. It was a classic. It was a classic uh, villain misstep. Like, yeah. How do you Monologue. How do you know what color that room was? I never told you. Oh no. Yeah, but like, where the fuck did she go? Did she just like disappear into the she woods and then died of bird? She died she, of exposure. It's just like her song. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I think she was like she kind of realized that she was with a man that would probably end up turning on her for one reason or another, and just got the fuck out of there, and then if probably only, died of exposure. If only she had like had it had been foreshadowed in any way that she distrusted him. Because up until then, she seemed like perfectly fine with like <laughs> with everything that he was saying and doing. And suddenly, like he slips up, and she's like, "Oh God, this man might murder me!" Like, like after watching him murder like Mayfair and I know Tope, like, oh, I, I, this man is capable of killing, and like being told yeah, that he killed I, that boy think, from eight. I think that like when he showed up again in twelve, you know, she's like very sly and rolls with it, and is like, "Oh, it's great to see you," but the whole time she's like, "I got to figure out a way to get out of this." Like that's. Yeah, do I think, think only... Do you think she was really planning on running away with Billy Tote? At what point in time? Well, he says that she was his girlfriend and was going to run away with him. I don't know. He seemed kind of dishonest. And then Mayfair <laughs> showed up. Well, yeah. And then Mayfair showed up and was like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what... I have to, I'd have to look at her song again, but I think there's some something that might imply that that actually was a real thing until... Yeah, like, I think most of the Covey were like, not most of the Covey, but, like, I think, like, she was part of, like, a group that was, like, planning on heading north, like, and then she got picked for the Hunger Games and was like, well, never mind, and then the opportunity kind of came back, and she was like, yep, okay, I'm back on this. Yeah, so I think the only thing that justifies for me the lack of suspicion on her part is just, again, the way that, that uh, Coriolanus is seeing the world, where he just can't see any of that. Like, he's, like, incapable of seeing the distrust. I don't know about that. Like, he almost inherently distrusts people well, yeah, like, but I, he rationalizes he, in her case at least like that she loves him no, so okay. much like well, I, yeah I, and, I, don't, I don't in know. his brain either she it she loves him or she's playing him like there is no yeah i don't think he understands the concept of like she might love him but not be sure or be you know Andy. i don't, I don't yeah. think he's he's like, cause he has some of those feelings himself, but he doesn't seem able to project that onto other people. Yeah, cause he's like, she's either like entirely mine, or like yeah. not. Like, it's like there's no room for nuance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, oh, so... I fear your better that um, some people think that Lucy Gray is still alive and goes away to District Thirteen, and President Coin is lead to her, maybe her daughter for example oh yeah I, I have heard that one actually i did read that um yeah, yeah i mean that's it's what possible. i was wondering it's like because if she goes north that's 13 right mm -hmm. yeah 
So one of my my favorite scenes to watch. I don't know why I like watching this so much. I love watching the part where President Coin dies. I just found <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I watched, the, I, I watched all the, the drums and, and like, stuff. Yes. It's a fun scene. It's oh. like so dark. Like I said, I just watched those movies recently, and the fact that she is prepared to take a cyanide tablet immediately after she does it, I was like, this is like really grim. Maybe I should rewatch Mocking J Part 2. The, the whole idea of it, like, they're just going to create the same thing over again, only with the other side on top, it yeah. is pretty dark in itself. Yeah. They're it's like, still... yeah, we just need to have, like, a Revenge Hunger Games and everything will be cool. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> And also, Joanna was like totally on board with it. She's like, "Yeah, let's do it." I mean, <laughs> would you expect anything less? I love Joanna. She's. I love Joanna so much. She was the best. Um, oh, I like, thought I love how she was. The best. What's going on? Well, Finnegan is the best, but also I like Joanna. I'm allowed to like more than one character. No, Zach said. Zach said. She I didn't say Finnick was the best. I never said that. Oh, you no. didn't. Are you sure, Zach? I'm sure. You can check okay. the record. <laughs> Like, I will go down, um, like, saying Finnick was the best. Like, I'll take that to my grave, but I also like Joanna. Yeah. I actually like Katniss. I mean, if oh, I, do sure. I love Katniss. I'm with she's Zach. She's so really annoying. Like no. Yeah. She's, she's supposed to be annoying, but, like, ugh. The only thing I don't like about her are, like, the, like, I don't really, I'm not really interested in either of these boys, but, like, yeah. I think I'm in love, but I don't know. But... Yeah, th- well, that's, like, why I don't like her, because I'm, like, It doesn't actually seem to fit her character. Yeah, I'm, like, girl, part. you can focus on other things. Like, these boys, like, fuck them. Go be yourself, and, like, go, go fuck these boys. Like, not go fuck these boys. Like, <laughs> It's okay, I think <laughs> you said enough. We don't have to go into that too much, but I, I think she actually yeah. had feelings for Gail. I think Peter was more like just a brother type no, of thing. No, I think her. she had feelings. I think she legitimately had feelings for both. And like, I understood that that confusion. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's too, um, it's like, who do I like more? Like my childhood friend or the, or the person I went to war with, you know, <laughs> two different relationships. And the yeah. person who's like done everything for me and loves me unconditionally and understands my pain way more yeah. than, you know, Gail did. So. But um, Gail is also Liam Hemsworth, so I understand. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is a lesser Hemsworth, but still. Yeah. Um, okay, just like going back to, I just had like two more things that I wanted to talk about for like this podcast. Um, so like going back to the book, um, would you guys like want to see another sequel, like a sequel to this book, like about no. Snow's Rise to Power, or like another prequel about like a different time period from? The so story? here's what I'll say: is I really prequel, prequel. prequel. Sorry, so, what? so I'll say quickly, like the thing I would be interested in seeing, and there needs to be more in a book to justify its creation. But I really do. I am interested in seeing how the games evolve over time. Like yeah. that is that's a cool idea to me to see how it becomes this reality TV show. Like, I, like I, Hamish's like, games or something. I think it'd be I cool love- if she did. Yeah, oh, she did like a bunch of the other characters. Like she had like a book that was like their like you know their game. So it was like we see like Hamish, Finnick, Joanna, like all that you know like that. Just like short cool. stories. Yeah, that would be something so like that. Dark. Like just, or you know what? In this, I want to see how they all, like, why they're all traumatized. Twenty years every, later, yeah. and like they've got Hunger Games again, and Katniss is like, "I'm still dealing with this shit." Are you kidding? Uh, uh, yeah. No, I'm past that. She already had like kids and whatever. No like we Katniss. got her epilogue. So oh, the yeah, that's true. the snow epilogue makes it seem like he just pretty much thought of everything that made the games good, which is kind of annoying to be honest. It, it makes it makes some sense though. I mean, he probably he would have been. 
one of the people in control for most of his life. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it, the implication is that he is basically the reason why the capital has this ascendance back to being yeah. amazing. So, I don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't know, like, how much more, like, what other, st- like, obviously, like, I like this world, I like these stories, but I feel like the story about, like, the world is not bigger, is not bigger, broad enough for there to be much more than, like, the history of the rebellion, pretty much. Um, I yeah. Honestly don't, yeah, I don't know, like, what other stories you would be able to tell, but I also feel like if she did write another book on this world, like, like, this novel to me felt like a first pass novel, like, this very much felt like a first draft that should like an, like an editor would have gone back and been like, okay, tighten up the conflict here, make some more tension here. Um, it, but I feel like she's also Suzanne Collins. And so like, if she turns That's, it up yeah. in a new script, yeah, the publishing house is like, yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> Who cares? And it doesn't it's, matter. It's 2020 y'all. And uh, editors are kind of busy. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I guess if I'm interested in anything, it is like what, ha- what happened, like, to create whatever the civil war was or whatever happened. Like, I'm interested in what that was, Yeah, but I'm not like, I've seen the hunger games. I get it. I, I don't know as if that's that interesting to me anymore. Like this one just went by. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I thought originally, uh, I, I thought that that's what this book was going to be. It was going to be about so the I. dark days. And I thought the dark days meant like the rebellion, but I don't know. I'm happy well, for the world the building that I got say that it gives you like you know the details of like the 10 years of the you know the dark days and what happened in the rebellion and all that but it didn't really give you that much and i kind of feel like a world a world book is what we want like give me Uh, i don't i don't i don't want a world book (laughs) well no 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 no, not like not like i like stories i don't like i i own a fan details we don't necessarily need um like a whole nother novel to just like give us exposition I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I'm interested in, like, the world before the rebellion. Like, what was the relationship of the districts and the capital before and then the the rebellion itself? But that's probably about it. I don't want to read, I don't want to read, you know, eight other different Hunger Games and how they happened. And, like, because at that point, it's just like, all right, how did all these kids die? And this person <laughs> won, and they drank a bunch afterwards because it was the most traumatic thing you yeah. could possibly imagine. At that point, you're just doing research for the real Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> I Which, would, you know, like, we're, give it a year or two. We'll be there. I would like a list of just, like, how each tribute won each of the games, like, who they were, what their names were. That's, like, that's like the only, like, interest I have anymore in this world is, like, trivia that can go on the wiki. <laughs> like... <laughs> And I mean, I guess too, I wouldn't mind seeing like stories in other districts if there's like little rebellions that might be interesting and how people, you know, then the whole time you're wondering if those rebels make it to District 13 or not, that might be all right. Are we feeling about the possible movie? That will come They're out? making a movie of this? Yeah, they plan to. Oh, yeah, I was curious. Is, is that a thing? Movie, before the book was released, uh, Lionsgate released a press release saying that. They're working with Suzanne Collins. They're going to do another movie. And I'm guessing it will be based on this story. I mean, yeah. in my brain, no movies well, are being made. No media is being made right now. So. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> um, do, yeah, you, think... do you guys remember the theme park that they were going to do? I don't know if it's still on. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. no, 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 what does that look like? <laughs> There's like, there like I don't know if it's that. like part of a land at Universal Studios or, or I forget what it was, but they were talking about 
um, like a potential like you know amusement park. Right, so what are the rides? The games universe. <laughs> Let's hash this out. Ride a coal car down into the mines. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like, like this book like, felt like a cash grab to me, so a movie would also feel that way. So. See, see yeah. that's actually what I thought. I was like, is this saying Colin's coming on hard times? Like, I well, she hasn't published. I was looking at her like, um, like Goodreads profile, and she like hasn't published anything in a really long time. So, nor did she have to. I'm not so blaming her. I actually don't blame. I don't actually blame her. I think it's exactly what Katie said. We're like, I think she just wanted to write a book, but no, there was no oversight on making it a good book because no one yeah, cared because no. it would make money. Like, yeah, that was like, the problem, so. Like, I mean, like, I, I I said I liked the book, and, like, I'm happy I got it. Like, it was fun to read, and, like, it didn't make me think super hard. Like, it was YA. Like, <laughs> like it, it made me reread the Hunger Games series again, which I liked. So, you know, it's got a sick cover. <laughs> it's got, yeah, what is, it's got what too is, long a title. What do you it's make so of long. the what do you make of the title, The Ballad of Snakes and Songbirds? Like, what is this thematic significance of, of well, this title? Well, we've got snakes, we have songbirds, we have ballads, so. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's case closed. The, yeah. <laughs> the weird part is, is she kind of represents them both, snakes and songbirds. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the basic interpretation, right, is that she's a songbird and he's a snake. Yeah. Yes. But, but it's she's also very snaky. Yeah, she likes but, snakes. Well, she knows where to find them. But that felt so shallow. She found one in the Capitol. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't really developed. <laughs> I wonder if there's some stuff in here that's supposed to be like you're supposed to get, and I don't get it. Like she's alluding to something that I don't understand, and that's why like Lucy Gray's thing would make more sense if I just was a more critical reader or something. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I hope like not. I need some- I feel like I need some footnotes for like the songs because like some of them I was like oh like like they you had, should like, just the read them it would probably <laughs> be well, better okay, I, like it's not like I didn't read them but I just like skimmed them so it's like some of them I was like oh like that's the like oh my darling Clementine song and stuff and I was like and like some of them I was like did she make the like what are they based on you know like maybe like I need someone to tell me like oh this is based on this literary you know this great piece of literature that I'm ignorant of because you know like I'm a savage or something you know like something that like. <laughs> You know, if I had like an English degree, I'd be like, "Oh, I I understand. Like, this is a reference to Lord Byron." And it's like, da da da. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Tear out AKA, the pages of your books. AKA, I want my English desk. degree roommate to read this book so she can tell me um, if any of these po- songs are <laughs> references. Well, I mean, I have an English degree, and I can tell you that I think this stuff is surface deep. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um. So yeah, that's all I have. Um. Yeah, so thanks for joining me. I hope that I was an okay host. <laughs> you did well, Abby. Thank you. The conversation flowed. Thank <laughs> you for hosting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Can... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do we, something, how do we leave? Something, something. I don't know. Wait. How do we leave this arena? Yeah. yeah. Hey, All right. We... Oh. Only one of us can leave. Did we? <laughs> <laughs>